Thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Get Reminded, an app that can remind you when your bills are due so they don't give you a fright. Life and financial planning can become a lot easier when a notification can remind you and your expenses don't make for a very unwelcome surprise. This can really help you to track and manage those expenses not only well but really easily, which is something we focus on a lot on the One Up Project, simplifying things. So more to be explained within the episode. Thanks again, Get Reminded, for partnering with me. I cannot wait to share this hack with you again. Keep listening. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. I don't know why I said that so animatedly it's me talking in real time but it just feels like it's been so long since I sat down and wow I sound like a youtuber love that um but really since I sat down and had a chat obviously I've been sick um which has not been fun and I'm on these really strong steroids which I reckon are just pulling me through right now so I'm trying to record things when I feel all good so that if I do crash and burn it's not as noticeable. Um, But something I wanted to say in addition to the ad with Get Reminded that you would have heard before, um, the night that this episode is going live, so the one you're listening to right now, the night that it goes live, the biggest giveaway I have ever done in the history of the One Up Project will also go live on the Instagram. And you can have the chance to have some of your expenses paid for, which is so exciting. And I just cannot believe that I've had this opportunity to be able to give something like this to you guys, to someone who I'm sure is very deserving because everyone who listens to the One Up Project is very deserving. And it's so easy. All you've got to do is take the first step to get productive and download the Get Reminded app anyway. But if you want to see all of the details, head over to the One Up Project on Instagram. Um, And this giveaway will be running for two weeks. So if you're listening to this episode a little bit later in the piece, don't worry, you have not missed out. Um, But yeah, make sure you get over there because you don't want to miss out on this awesome opportunity. So grateful and cannot wait for someone to win this. So in today's episode, the basic gist of what we will be talking about is managing your money and expenses, the day-to-day things, um, and getting our head around actually being in control of our personal finances, feeling like we're on top of everything, um, or at least, you know, there's a plan set out so that we don't have to worry. And that's kind of the great thing about the Get Reminded app, which, sorry, that's an ad, but I genuinely do use it and do love it. But the, the good thing about it is that it helps you to do the managing without the thinking so that you can go in there and see where things are due, when things are due and all of that. So it's the same with managing your money. You want to be able to have a plan laid out like automatic um, payments into certain accounts or auto-invest things set up with your investing platforms so that you don't need to think about it and you know that the required or appropriate amount of money for you is going towards your long-term wealth growth but we're not actually going to be talking about those sort of techniques today more about just managing but those are the sort of things that make you feel in control of your expenses of your money situation um, when you get paid but before we jump into I guess the more practical things around how to do that I wanted to bring it back to the more psychology side of it all you know bring it back to the mental side of it because with money money is obviously a massive cause of stress and 
procrastination. A lot of people don't want to start dealing with their money and with their finances because they're scared, scared of being wrong, uh, scared of like the reality of the situation, scared of it being worse than what they think it is. Um, they just don't want to get into it. And that is so understandable. Um, I think it takes a unique breed of person to want to dive into your finances and open up spreadsheets and do all of that. I do love that kind of thing, but there are times where I really don't want to look at my bank account. I don't want to look at my budget. I just want to spend it up at the Black Friday sales, okay? So anyway, we're just going to chat a little bit about that and how we can get our mind around managing our money and why this is the question. Why is it so scary for us to confront? We don't want to look stupid. I think a lot of the time when it comes to personal finances, it can often feel like we're undereducated, which we, we are, and that it's really out of our control, which it's not. But it feels like that, those the combination of those things. And a lot of the time, it's just a few mental shifts to actually get yourself to do something. I was reading this article from CanStar, which was from 2016, but it was saying that uh, 20% of these people that were surveying New Zealand people who are saving for a home were feeling like they were really struggling with their savings, but then only one in four of those respondents had a documented budget, um, and then only one in seven budgeted further than two months out. So, you know, we don't have a long-term view. And some of us don't have a view at all because we're too scared and we probably don't even know how to start um, when it can be really easy. So obviously that would have changed now. That was in 2016, the article. And with COVID, you know, maybe people have decided to get a bit more on top of things. But even then, maybe you've sunk even more into a shell because you're too scared to confront it. And it's going to be different for everyone on your personal situation, of course. But there are certain things you can do to get around the mental side of things. I think it's important to understand it as well. How I like to think of it is like a bell curve. And I always think about this with any task I'm procrastinating. So whether it's budgeting or if it was a uni assignment or cleaning, whatever it is, I th- you've got to think of it like a bell curve. So yeah, imagine what a bell curve looks like. So it just is kind of like a half circle. The flat part at the top represents the getting started So that is the hardest part to get to. The getting started is always the hardest part. So before that, before that part, before you're even getting started, you're on that rise up. So that first part of the bell curve going up to that flat at the top. So in that part, you know, you're getting stressed. You're stressing over whatever it has to do, whatever you have to do. You're procrastinating and you're thinking about all of the admin or just all of the effort you're going to have to put into to get started on whatever this thing is. So procrastination number one is your enemy. If you can try to remove procrastination from your life, you would be like achieving every anything and everything. University assignments or school assignments are a really good example of this because you always look at the assignment as a whole. Okay, you've got a 5,000 word essay to write. That is scary on its own. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to get started. I, I really don't know what how I'm going to write about this. I don't even know the topic. I, I don't understand. I'm not going to start. Then you procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Eventually, you're a day out. You have to get started now. Otherwise, you're going to fail, obviously. You get started. You get into it. And you're thinking, oh, this actually wasn't as hard as I thought it was. It's actually kind of enjoyable. And it's not even 
you know, that difficult. This always happens and I hate it because every time I do it, I think, and this goes with any task, I think, oh, if I had just gotten started a week ago with little steps, it would have been fine. Even if that means starting off with planning out the structure, brainstorming topics, um, discussing it with people just start with those little things then write the intro um just write one sentence and just little little bits until you can get into the full swing of it so that's how I want you to think about your financial situation it's like a bell curve you're just trying to get up to that getting started point and once once you get started the rest of it becomes so much smoother it's all downhill from there it's super easy well downhill it's like easy downhill um and there's obviously going to be ups and downs in your actual financial situation but it becomes a lot easier because you're so much more experienced you know what's going on in your financial situation um and you feel on top of it a little bit more which I think is is the main thing that you want to be feeling so you see on the podcast all the time I'm talking about investing and KiwiSaver and all these different things you can do to grow your wealth long term. That is not what we're talking about on this episode because that is far that is advanced steps, my friend. You know, if you're procrastinating just starting a budget, we need to start at the very basics. And that can be having a discussion with your partner about money, with your parents about money, with your sibling about money, with your best friend about money, opening up that conversation first of all, and then maybe writing down how much you get paid each month, how much are all of your expenses, how much do you have left over, you know, those sorts of things, and then building that into a budget. And just recording your incomings and your outgoings is the way I started budgeting which isn't even really budgeting but it's just recording uh, and it brought so much more clarity to my financial situation 100% would recommend you doing that so what are some common monthly or recurring expenses that we can have that can get on top of us and just a side note it's probably a really positive habit to get into to start checking your bank account um, or go through it every now and then and just make sure that there are no recurring subscriptions coming out of your account that you don't know about. I mean, it could be scams, but it could also just be things you signed up for and you forgot about. Happens to all of us, and I would just recommend making sure you check that uh, to ensure that the only things you're paying for are things you actually want to be paying for. So common examples of these recurring expenses that we can have are debt repayments, so mortgage or credit card debt, overdraft, um, rent, uh, insurance, mobile, bill, uh, any other kind of bills, you know, gym memberships, etc, etc. It can be anything um, and we've all got them. So whether, you know, just paying for your phone bill or your Spotify or, you know, you've got a full on mortgage that you're paying or tens of thousands in credit card debt that you need to pay off that's earning interest. So we want to be managing all of these expenses and one of the expenses I mentioned was debt. So whether that's mortgages or credit card debt or whatever it is, debt is a type of expense that you may be paying off, student loan, whatever it is. So I just want to break that down for a second because a lot of people don't know how to approach debt either. And I am, as we all know, not a financial advisor, but there's a very simple um method to pay down debt that people talk about all the time and there's actually two different ways you can do it but it's just an easy way to look at your debt not even to start paying it off or anything just to have a think about it and to have a think about how you might want to start paying it off if you haven't yet you may have already heard of these two methods but there's the snowball and the avalanche method so these are two very common ways to approach tackling your debt 
So basically what they both involve is making minimum payments on each debt monthly. So that's the monthly expense we talked about. So both of these methods involve doing that. The snowball method uh, means that you make extra payments on the smallest loan. So you're focusing on the size of the debt going from the smallest debt to the biggest debt. So you might have an afterpay on a pair of pants from the Iconic and then you also might have your $10,000 credit card loan. So you're going to start off with um, the afterpay moving your way through your debts up to the biggest one which is that credit card debt. Then there's the avalanche method. So this is when you make extra payments on the highest interest rate debt. So you're focusing on the debt that has the highest interest rate and paying that off first. So you might have um, credit card debt which is earning a lot of interest and then you might have a student loan which is interest free in New Zealand for example. So you start with paying off your credit card debt first because that is racking up the most interest for you, moving all the way to the debt with the least amount of interest, which is your student loan being your last priority essentially. So snowball method means that you're focusing on the debt size, moving from smallest to largest. Avalanche method means that you're focusing on the highest, the debt with the highest interest, moving from the debt with the highest interest rate to the debt with the lowest interest rate. Another thing to remember that Carla Emery from uh, The Money Men taught us in the Catalyst webinar, um, which you'll be able to purchase on my website soon if you didn't attend that, but he said make sure that you're always paying the minimums on all your debt regardless. So even if you know, you're know you focusing on one debt moving to the other, make sure you're always paying your minimum repayments on each of those debts as well. The next thing I wanted to chat about and clarify is what is a variable expense and what is a fixed expense and we include this on the planet so we break this down into variable and fixed and I think it's really important to do that so that people can actually identify the expenses that are guaranteed and the ones that they may need to do a bit of predicting around. So a fixed expense is an expense that is guaranteed. You're always going to be able to plan for this one because it is fixed, it does not change, it does not vary, it always remains the same. An example of this might be your uh, phone bill. So let's say you pay $60 a month. Every month your phone bill is going to be $60 guaranteed. It's not going to change. That is an example of a fixed expense. A A variable expense could be your weekly grocery shop. So that is always going to vary unless of course you know you really planned it out and were like $150 max kind of thing but most of the time it's always going to be variable Um, sometimes it might be more sometimes it might be less and you can't really plan an exact amount all the time so planning for fixed expenses is obviously easy you just put it into your budget or you just track it in your expense tracker or you make note of it Um, and you adjust for that when you get paid. So minus that from your income so that you know every time you get paid, you've got enough money to cover those fixed expenses. But how can we better manage the variable expenses when they start to change? I think there's a few different ways you can do this. One of them being actually give yourself a budget amount for this and kind of turn it into a semi-fixed expense, um, but then give yourself leverage to go under or over if necessary. Um... Another way to help that would be to order online. So do your groceries online. Then that way you can tally it all up. Um, you're not just chucking things in your cart without 
like tracking it um, at a physical store and um, it'll make it a lot easier. It's probably just going to be a lot more efficient for you anyway, but in terms of a money situation, it's going to be a lot more efficient at tracking the cost. Um, another variable expense example might be entertainment. This could be your allowance for like dates, fun times, those sorts of things. Um, and although I don't necessarily think this is an expense and more a personal cost that you would bring in after you allocate your savings and expenses and everything I still think it's something you should plan for especially if you are someone that values that kind of thing I think just giving yourself an allowance for those sort of activities is really helpful um, and allows you to stick within budget and if you can kind of plan the actual activities themselves in advance then that will give you a whole lot more control when it comes to paying for it uh at the time rather than you know deciding okay I'm going to go on a bender this weekend and it's actually going to end up costing me $500 when I'd only budgeted in 50 bucks for a good time so those sorts of things um, another one is fuel so you know you might not fuel fuel up you might not fill up at the same time and you know costs go up and down so I would try your hardest to stick to a routine when it comes to filling up your car like every two weeks or you know that yeah if usually if you're driving to and from work every day you know when your tank starts to get empty so maybe it's always like a Thursday or around the end of the week on the third week of gas or something so you know that on a Thursday or a Friday on the third week after you've filled up the first time you're going to need to do it again and then you can kind of budget a full tank is this amount I this is just my thing but I personally always when it comes to fuel especially always like to over budget because then if I'm under which I usually end up being um, it's just extra money in that account for other expenses and adds that little extra comfort layer so that I don't need to worry if another random expense comes up that I need to pay for or one of the other um, variable ones like groceries etc goes over 20 bucks or 30 bucks because I've got that little extra kind of buffer there with the fuel cost so that's just something I like to do might be different for you but those are a few tips on about how you might manage those variable expenses. So what's actually going to motivate us to keep going with this? Consistency is the key to success in any area, I believe. Whether it's your career, self-development, money situation, you need to be consistent to reach, an, reach a goal, saving a house, all those kinds of things. So how do we motivate ourselves to stay consistent um, and to actually achieve these goals, manage our expenses and feel on top of everything? This shit is boring. That is not a secret it is boring tired vague and annoying to do we all feel that way and no one is exempt unless I said you're one of those unique characters that really enjoy whipping out the spreadsheet and if you are one of those or your partner is one of those then I am jealous because that's really awesome <laughs> but I think a lot of this mental state of mind comes down to the old quote fail to plan plan to fail Unfortunately, it is just a reality that when it comes to dealing with your money, you, you're going to have to plan if you want to see any real growth in savings. Um, you have to plan. And if you're not a planner, if you're a spontaneous person, well, I'm sorry, you might just have to change your personality type for this. And I can already imagine those people just being like, fuck you, Sarah. But, you know, it will help you so much in 
not only the long term, but really the short term. I redid my budget um, on Saturday night. Well, wild times when I was sick, uh, just to because I was interested and really wanted to see sort of if I could cut anything down or change things, etc. I felt so much better about life after I did that. The next day I was way calmer. I felt like I was on top of things. Um, And I'm not even in a really good financial situation at the moment, which I'm going to talk about in further episodes, but I'm really not. And just doing that, having that bit of clarity and having a plan, setting up those automatic payments really put my mind at ease. So yes, side note, set up your automatic payments as well. If you haven't already done that, follow um, a method that works for you. The one that I'm using at the moment is the barefoot investor method, uh, which is like your expenses end up being 60%. Then you have two savings accounts, which are 20%. um, Oh, sorry. One that's 20%, two that are 10. um, And I can go further into that if people want, but that's just a method I'm using. You might want to split yours up. So expenses are 70%, savings are 30 or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you might not even need to do expenses, uh, percentages, sorry, you might be breaking it down into amounts. It all changes depending on your personal situation, but that is how I am doing it. Uh, and I find that it, it's really is just the clarity and the structure that comes with it. That is so calming <laughs> because dealing with your money is scary when you don't know what's going on. That's when it's scary. But once you can actually get your head around it, it's very easy and anyone can do it. And it takes like no time. I'm just really trying to sell financial planning to you all. Because it doesn't need to be as hard as everyone makes it out to be. The people are lying to you. It's not hard. You can just first start with tracking your incomings and your outgoings. Check your bank account for any rogue subscriptions going out. Cancel any of those. And get on your journey to financial freedom. So that was a major tangent. Sorry everyone. But... Back to sort of the motivation thing, you need to find something that motivates you. So is that having goals or is it actually just seeing the progress or is it that feeling? I was just talking about how, you know, starting off planning and creating that updated budget really made me feel in control. So that's seeing that progress that I'm making there. But maybe, you know, that part of it is not where you get the good vibes maybe it's having the goal so thinking okay my goal is to buy a home before I turn 27 and having that goal really motivates you to save you're like oh I can feel myself walking through that brand new home in central Auckland because you know dreams and it's it's all great and I love it and this goal is really motivating me so you know you need to find that thing that motivates you as cliche as it is your why but you know make it legit essentially don't just half-ass it really believe it and live it so according to the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment that I love chatting about so much one of my strengths is futuristic so for me I I don't even know if I would say I'm a goal-oriented person but I am very inspired by the future and what can be and I love getting everyone around me inspired about the future too and what you could do and what others could do and all that kind of thing so thinking about all the different possibilities and having those goals to really structure how I want my future to be, what I want it to look like is so inspiring to me and motivating. And when I think about my future and the type of home I want to be in and the type of people I want to have around me, it really uh, gives me those warm fuzzies and I just love thinking about it and 
every time I deposit $10 into my managed fund that I'm investing into, I think about that goal and I'm like, okay, this is all going to be worth it because for the long term compounding growth or when I'm putting my money in a savings account, you know, it's all the same thing. So you want something that sparks that emotion within you. So when you take the first step to getting started, as I said, you know, the first thing you can just do is get a piece of paper out with a line down the middle, incomings and outgoings, track it like that. But when we want to start moving on to a more advanced tracking, I suppose, and budgeting, there are so many different resources that you can use. Free and paid, you need to find one that works for you. There's so many different ones. And I'm telling you right now, although I do have a financial planner, which I love, you know, it's not necessary to pay for a budgeting template you can go and get them for free I just love having something that is all written out for me that I just need to do the calculations on and it's really pretty so that's why I love using my financial planner but you can also make your own template um, and there's lots of different financial uh, like platforms websites that do these budgeting templates um, there's other youtubers there's other instagrammers that have these templates as well I've seen them all online so even just have a look at potentially who I'm following or people who are suggested off my account to try and find someone at or simple google free budgeting template I'm telling you a thousand will show up so just choose one and get started otherwise a simple way I'll tell you right now how you can do it um, to start a very simple budget is just put your income, expenses, savings, and you know, rem- remainder discretionary income. But you want to pay yourself first, is always the rule of thumb I like to think of. So, technically, it should be income, savings, expenses. But I like to sometimes put my investing money under my expenses. But you know, like I said, I'm going to confuse you, it's up to you. But you just want to see what you're earning, what's coming out as an expense, and then what you're saving as a result of all of that. Uh, And that is going to be a really simple way to just get started at least. That's obviously not the best way, most amazing, effective, revolutionary way to do it. But it's some way to get started. And that is the most important thing. Like we said, getting to the top of that bell curve is the hardest part. So you just need to find a simple way to get up to the top and just get started. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Automatic payments and auto invests if you are investing at this point. But if not, do not worry about that yet. Uh, and get reminded of the sponsor of this episode. You know, again, I just have to mention them because this is a great way to track your expenses so that you never get a fright when they come up. Um, they schedule them from like what you should act on now to act on later. So you can see, you know, say your gym membership, your mobile bill, your insurance payment, and your mortgage is coming up in the same week. You can see that it will literally say that with a days countdown so you know you've got five days until you need to pay this two days until you need to pay that six days until you need to pay that so you know exactly what's coming up and then it'll say act later you know you've got two weeks until this or this is due on that day um, and it really 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 helps you to be able to just quickly check okay can I afford this $300 blouse that I really want right now oh no my insurance is coming out next week and that's an annual payment of $400 or whatever it is so that is just the definition of having clarity and control is being able to see that. Another thing I love about it is that you can see um, the total year's spending. So you can see all of your expenses like grouped together into one amount and how much you are paying. So then if you can look at it and go, whoa, I pay a lot of money on this every year. Um, maybe I should think about taking that back or changing things. Um, 
like your gym, for example, maybe you go to F45, that's $60 every week. Maybe you should think about joining a normal gym that is a quarter of that price or something like that. You can just do some analyzing, find out what you actually value um, and what's important for you to keep when it comes to spending and what maybe you can dial back on just a little bit. So what are the benefits of tracking and managing our expenses? If I haven't already really clarified that yet, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. So there's so much efficiency in saving. There are so many people I talk to all the time who don't save, don't have designated savings accounts or don't really have a purpose for that savings account. I personally believe that if you're saving at all, then that's amazing. But it's really, really good to be able to attach a purpose to that savings account. You know, why are you saving money? What's what's the point here? Do you want to own a first home? Do you want to buy a new laptop? Like, what is the point of saving? Because why would you be motivated to put money in there if you've got no reason to put money in there, you know? Um, you really want to have that emotion, as we were talking about before, attached to the savings. Why do you get a personal trainer? What is the main reason you would get a personal trainer? Well, for me, it would be so that I don't need to think about working out. It's so that I can just get a really good workout done work the glutes or the arms or whatever the hell I'm working that day and not think about it you know I leave I've done a good workout and I didn't have to do any planning or anything and it was just you know done that is the same as sorting your finances out so you want to be able to have this plan this budget in place so that you don't need to think about it your money is going into the various places it needs to go and you don't need to do any more thinking on top of that Again, you could relate this to getting a financial advisor, someone who is going to help guide you through the process of saving or building up your wealth for retirement, et cetera, et cetera. These are the sort of people who are going to help you manage your money so that you don't need to think about it. There are both free and paid financial advisors that you can access as well. So that's everything I wanted to talk about. And I think I really just wanted to drive home the message that getting started is the most important thing reaching the top of that bell curve and the main reasons we don't want to get started is because we're scared and we don't want to look stupid but at the end of the day ignoring your finances will hurt your situation Uh, it's not going to make it any better it's not going to change anything it's only going to hurt the situation so the sooner you get started the sooner you can feel on in control um, on top of things and just happier and less stressed money anxiety is a hundred percent real and I feel for everyone who has had to deal with that over their life because I'm pretty sure that's every single person listening to this it is horrible and it can really take over your life when you're going out with your friends, all you're thinking about is getting the cheapest meal. And that is just not a way to live life. In my opinion, that is just not a way to live life. I want to be able to go out to dinner and get what I want based off the food, not based off the price of it. And these small little changes can allow us to become, you know, financially free in that way and start to take ownership back over our financial situation. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. I really do hope that you found some value in it or at least could relate to some of it or it was explained in a way that made sense to you. If you have any feedback or like anything else you would want me to cover that you heard in this episode, please do let me know, message me and I will do an episode on it. Um, I've been really loving these solo ones lately because I've learned so much over the last year and although I'm, as I always say, no expert um, or professional, I still like sharing 
what it is I've learned from the various reliable sources I listen to um, because I do take in a lot of content all the time. But when it comes to your money, it is your personal situation. So it, you do have to do a bit of work. Sorry. <laughs> you do have to put in a bit of work on your own to get this done and it will always be like that and if you are really struggling that is when you should go and seek the help of a financial advisor Um, and even a therapist if it's really causing you that much stress and use them in conjunction sometimes I'm sure most financial advisors are actually therapists anyway Um, I'm sure they have to listen to heaps of stress and anxiety and all that kind of thing so always make sure you use your network reach out to people when you feel lost or confused Uh, don't feel like people aren't there for you or don't care because I'm telling you right now they do and um, always reach out to me if you feel stressed as well and I can try and point you in the right direction so yeah can't wait to see you or hear you or none of that can't wait for you to hear me on the next episode (laughs) catch you later guys have a good one disclaimer time so The 1UP Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.